This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Every praise. Hallelujah. Is that your testimony? Every praise. Hallelujah. Is due our God. Nobody else. Nothing else but our God and God alone. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, choir. Welcome our choir back. This is part of the choir. This is the first time they've been able to sing in person together in a year and a half. Hallelujah. We thank God. Amen. Amen. Listen, I, I, something I, I didn't do earlier today is if you're one of our guests today, you're a first, second, or third time guest today, we want to welcome you. Bethel family, let's give our guests a, a great big welcome today. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here in person. We're glad you're here, you know, online as part of our congregation online today. And if those of you that are here today, at the end of service, you go right out that middle door and you'll see this great big welcome sign out there. And it'll be a, a very cordial, smiling individual standing out there waiting to meet you and greet you and to talk to you and put something in your hand. So would you do that? If you're one of our guests today, make sure you stop by that welcome desk and so that they can greet you so we can know who you are. But listen, I'm just glad to be here today. I, 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 I took a little time off last week, but, you know, God didn't miss a beat because God is still God. And God did anoint a man of God to preach on last week, and he brought a powerful message about why you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, and it was a powerful message. And hopefully that you got something out of that message, and hopefully you understand that troubles are going to come. But in your trouble, sometimes that's where you find how God can do some great and miraculous things right in the midst of that. He can use that to your benefit. Amen? So don't always run from it. You know, sometimes you just have to stand still, just like today. Stand in there. God's got you. He's going to do something with that if you allow him to work with it. Amen? Amen. We're, we're, we're glad to be here again today, and, and we're, we're almost winding down the end of our Walking This Way uh, sermon series. This has been a great series. I, I've enjoyed uh, uh, just, just seeing what the Lord says about how we're supposed to walk. I don't know about you. But sometimes we think we're walking the right way. We kind of find out that we might have veered off the path a little bit. But this was a good time for us to be refocused so we can know exactly how we are supposed to be walking. Our walk, as we have found out over the, the, the past few weeks, it's about a continuous lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. It's how you're walking. And as believers, remember now, Paul is talking to the believers here in Ephesus. This is not to the, to the people that are lost. He's talking to the believers. He's telling them how you're supposed to be walking. See, and if you ever get your walk straight, then you could be a great uh, asset to the Lord out here as a light shining because your walk is good. And, and so through this text, he challenged us. He challenged us from the very beginning to walk worthy of your calling. How many of you got a calling on your life? If you name Jesus as Lord and Savior, guess what? You've been called. And, and, and in that calling, God wants us to walk worthy of the call that he has placed upon us. And, and so, so, so he, 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 he talked about that. In other words, he, he wanted us to know something. You've been saved from something, but you haven't just been saved from something. You've been saved to something. See, see, God didn't just save you from your sins so that you can just go to heaven. He saved you from your sins so that you can do some work for him, so that you can get out there on a the battlefield for him. See, so you can go out there and, and, and disrupt the, the kingdom of darkness for him. So you don't have to worry about it because he's in you, he's with you. And knowing that God is in you and with you, you don't have to worry about anything. Because just like we said earlier, God has never lost a battle. And so he empowers us. And so that's why it's so important for us to mimic. You know, we're supposed to be like him. We're supposed to be imitators of God. How? Through Jesus Christ, his son. See, he sent his son to come before us to be the example that we're supposed to follow. Now, you know the son is just like the father. That's right. 
The son is just like the father. I need to say it one more time. The son is just like the father. So if we are mimicking the son, we are doing just what the father desires for us to be. Remember, he made us in his image. When he said he made us in his image, whose image was it? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Y'all were scaring me there for a moment. They are individual, but they are one. And it's our responsibility to reflect him in this world. See, you, you, you can't be a, a 007, I say it all the time, you can't be a 007 secret agent saint of God because everywhere you go, your light's supposed to be shining. See, we used to sing this little song a long time ago. I mean, I used to sing it, but I was a kid, but I won't, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But we're supposed to be still singing that song. That wasn't a song you just sang because you were a kid. Because if you were called by God, your light should be shining. And it should be shining everywhere you go. But how do we, how do we imitate him? He, 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 we've talked about three different ways over the past few weeks. And the first way that we imitate the Father is that we walk in truth. And we know what it means to walk in truth. Who is truth? Truth is Jesus. He is the truth. We walk in love. God is love. He loved us. Aren't you glad that we have a God that loves us? Because if God didn't love us, when man fell way back in the garden, we would be wiped out. We would be, oh man, it would be terrible. We think the world is bad now. If we had made it to this point, man, there's no telling what this world would be like. If it wasn't for his love, then we're supposed to walk in light. We're supposed to be children of light. That means when Christ comes into us, the light of Christ now should be illuminating from us. We're reflecting him. We're reflecting the Son, the Son of God, as we walk through this life. And today I wanted to talk about a fourth way that Paul challenges us. And I'm talking about the body of Christ. That's you and me. That's those of you that are uh, in our online congregation. Those of you who name Jesus as Lord and Savior. We're, we're talking to you. And, and this is a message that he, he said this is a fourth way. And, and, and to add it to these other virtues that I just mentioned, which is to walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Turn with me to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And we're going to be uh, jump down to verse 15, and we're going to be reading verse 15 through 17. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, 15 through 17. And it says, it see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, dictionary.com, you know, we, 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 you know, we do everything now by, you know, dot, dot something. And so, instead of getting a regular Bible, I mean, a regular dictionary, I, I, I went to the dot com this time and looked up the word wisdom. And, and, and dictionary.com defines wisdom as the quality or state of being wise, knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action. That's a whole lot there. Now, 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 this type of knowledge is taken from a secular point of view. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong. However, this secular point of view, uh, uh, it focus tends to be on how we gain knowledge, what, how we succeed. You know, what is it that makes us feel like we now, you know, we, we know something. You know, it's based on our human knowledge. How many of you know that human knowledge is limited? <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't matter how many degrees you get, your knowledge is still limited when you compare it to the knowledge of God. Anybody can create a world. Anybody can create a man from the dust of the earth. Anybody can speak to nothing and make it something. I rest my case. If I was in law, I just won that case. But from a biblical perspective, the definition of wisdom is quite similar. But there's a difference because biblical wisdom is not just well-advised, uh, the well-advised application of factual knowledge. 
That's not what it is. But this kind of wisdom, it, 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 wisdom is it's a knowledge and understanding that, that, that comes from God. It, it's based on the will of God that's, that, that's revealed in His Word. Now, I'm going to tell you now, as, as I was preparing for this message, I, I was just getting very excited because it's some points in this message that are profound that we really need to come to grips with. So, if I, if I you know, Y'all forgive me today if I just, you know, just forgive me. See, wisdom isn't just knowing the principles of God. It's really, it's about being able to put those things into practice. See, 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 it's just not about gaining head knowledge. We talk about it all the time. It's about doing what you now understand. It to be. You got to live this thing out. That's what this whole series is about. Walking this way is about walking out your life based on God's Word, based on what He's commanded you to do, based on what He has set before you, based on His standards, not the standards of the world, not the standards of any other thing, but the standards of God and Him alone. So basically, what is it? What, what, what is this wisdom we're talking about? It's the truth of God's Word in action. It's not stale. It's not stagnant. God's Word doesn't just sit down and do nothing. God sends His Word to make something happen. So, it's the truth of His Word, but it's an action. So, you have to know something. If God is in you, you should be active. If God is, the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, you should always want to be doing something on behalf of Him. You can't just have the Word of God. You can't have the Spirit of God in you, and you're just comfortable just sitting down doing nothing. Because our God is not a do-nothing God. Think about it. From the very beginning, when there was nothing, God was still doing something. See, the earth was void, but God wasn't void. God was still, He was still there. He still was moving. And He's going to continue to move. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how many times the world turns on its axis, God is still moving. And then, then, then look, it's truth in action, and, and it does something that you just don't do one time. You got to keep repeating it. You got to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. That's what the Word of God is. We don't just do it one time. You know, it's just like walking. See, walking, this is not walking. All I did was took a step. Walking means I got to keep doing this. I got to keep moving. I got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's what walking is. And that's what we're supposed to be doing uh, as believers. That's what it means when you're walking this way. It's your lifestyle, but it's a continual process. It's something you're continuing to do. Come on, somebody say it's a lifestyle. lifestyle. Come on, say it one more time. It's a lifestyle. lifestyle. Online congregation, I want you to do this. I want you to put it in the chat. Just put it in the chat. It's a lifestyle. Come on, say it one more time. It's a lifestyle. It's It's not something we just do one time and say, I've done that and checked it off. No. But see, Paul did something here. He, 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 he didn't just challenge us to walk in wisdom, but he showed us how. He, he, he let us know. And he also gave us some contrast. He wanted us to know, okay, this is walking in wisdom, but this is not walking in wisdom right here. And then not only that, he, he began to tell us why. You know, why is it like that? Why do you need to walk in wisdom? So let's look at that. We're going we're gonna to look at why it's so important that we walk in wisdom. You know what's important, right? that you walk in wisdom. First, let's look at the how. See, in order to walk in wisdom, there's something we have to do. We have to, we have to walk circumspectly. That's what the Word of God says. Now, 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 now the word circumspectly is translated in the Greek, um, akribos, and it means accurately, diligently, and carefully. Accurately, diligently, and carefully. So, so in essence, Paul is saying, he, he said, look, pay attention to the way you walk in this world because you got to walk very carefully. You got to be very diligent in how you walk. You got to walk accurately. 
See, you notice he didn't say you can walk any kind of way that you, you want to walk. But he said walk circumspectly. That means that's a careful way to walk. See, it's sort of like a, 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 a person that's on a tightrope. See, was, you, you, know, you see a person on a tightrope? See, a tightrope is this thin wire or it's a rope that's extended from one object to the other. And a person gets on that rope. And they have to walk from one side to the other side. And most of the time, there is no safety net. Hope y'all tracking with me. Hope you're tracking. There's no safety net below. And so they have to be very careful. They have to take extreme caution every step they take. Every step they take has to be a careful step. Every step they take has to be a sure step. See, you can't be up there playing around and doing all kind of crazy stuff on the tightrope. I hope somebody caught that. Because the same way you can't be doing all kind of crazy stuff and walking any kind of way in Christ. So you understand something. The tightrope walker understands that the slightest deviation from being careful and precise can end in catastrophe. Because that rope, it ain't like walking on this stage. I can play around up here, but if I was on a rope, you can't mess around. And see, as believers, we have to give the same due diligence in our walk. We have to walk with precision. We, ha we have to walk in a way that, 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 that the world sees us in a way that, 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 that we don't allow anything to cause us to fall because just like the tightrope walker that will that missteps when we misstep it's catastrophic as well see because you can step out of line with God and not be able to get back you can fall and not be able to get back up there are things that could happen before you can even say God forgive me it, your life is gone then we got that old enemy out there See, that, 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 that. He, he's out there, and his whole goal is to destroy you. His goal is to make you fall. And sometimes we don't even realize that, that, that he, that's what he's trying to do, and we give him the reign to do it. So we, let it, we get on the rope, we walk in with God, and we let the enemy get on the other end of the rope, but he's doing like this on the rope because we allowed him space. See, Peter in 1 Peter 5 and 8 warns us about this destruction. And matter of fact, I just love the way it reads. This is the NIV version of it. It says, it says be alert. There we go, talking about being precise, being sober mind. Why? Because your enemy, you know you got an enemy. If you're uh, 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 someone who names Christ as Lord and Savior, when you signed up, you also signed up for an enemy. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. When you accepted him, you just signed up for, you signed up to have an enemy. One that's always trying to get you. He's relentless. Listen to what it says. It says he, 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 he prowls around. Oh, in case you don't know who it is, it's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking, seeking for someone to devour. So you got to understand something. When you're in his camp, he's not trying to kill you fast. You, but you're on a slow path. He's killing you softly. That's what he's doing. But when you, when you stand and tall for God, he's coming at you like a lion. He, he's seeking to devour you. That's, that's why Paul says, notice here in verse 15, he, he says some things. He starts out by saying, see then. That's what it says in the New King James Version. The NIV says, the NIV says be very careful. Another translation, the CSB says, pay careful attention. To what? About how you're walking. See, because every step you take could be a step of catastrophe if you're not careful how you're walking. See, see, so we got to, we got to, we got to pay careful attention. 
See, that's why we're talking about walking in wisdom. See, when you walk in wisdom, you're paying attention. You're walking carefully. You're, 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 being, you're, you're, you're making sure that every step you take is a purposeful step. You're not just out here, la di da doing anything and acting any kind of way and saying, I'll get it right later on. No, you're walking with a purpose. But the thing I love about God is this. Look, he, he, he doesn't expect us to know it all. He told us to walk in wisdom, but he doesn't expect us to, to, to know wisdom, all the wisdom of God from the very beginning. And the thing about it is he don't mind us asking. Amen. See, we make our mistake, but we don't ask God. You know, sometimes people say, well, I don't want to bother them. I got something going on, but I don't want to bother them. I, I don't want to bother nobody. God is not, God don't mind you bothering him. He wants you to ask him. As a matter of fact, he, he told us if we lack wisdom to ask him. What it says in James uh, uh, 1 and 5? It says if any of you lack wisdom, he said to ask God. And he said, ask your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your best friend. And please don't ask Siri. Don't ask nobody online. Don't, don't go ask Google. Don't ask none of them because they're going to lead you astray. See, the Scripture says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. He's not going to just give you what you, he's going to give you every piece of wisdom that you need without reproach. See, he's not going to make you feel bad because you ask. See, sometimes people don't want to ask because they, oh, uh, they're going to think I'm dumb or they're going to think I don't know. No, ask. God says it and will be given to him. See, God expects us to ask for wisdom. Why? Because, because it's his will for us to know. <laughs> he wants you to know. So you got to understand something. The, the will of God, this is the thing that, I, man, the will of God has already been revealed to us. Don't you hear people all the time say, if it be your will, if it be your will, if it be God's will. I used to say that. I used to say that all the time, if, it be, if it's God's will. Well, you don't have to see if it's God's will if you know what his will is. Well, Pastor, how are we going to know what his will is? His will is revealed in his word. See, you understand something. What's in his word is in his will. They're not separate. See, we get this thing mixed up. We're asking, trying to find out the will of God, but we're not even seeking where he said it is. All you got to do is open it up. His whole will and testament is right here. All you got to do is read it, and you'll know what his will is. He wants us to know his word, his word. Look at what it says about his word in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It talks about scripture. See, 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 he lets us know. Uh, he's already given us his word, and he wants us to know what his word is for. This is what it says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So it's God's word. He sent it. He gave it. And it's profitable. That means you can read his word. You're going to gain something. His word doesn't take you down or take you back, but you're going to walk away. Oh, man, you, you, it says it's profitable for doctrine, but you know what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to straighten you up too. See, that's why I think we don't like to read God's word because we like the first part. God is profitable. I can read the word of God and I can be blessed. But then that other pastor say it's, it's good for reproof and it's good for correction because it's going to get you straight. See, because you can't, you can't enjoy the profitable side if you don't get the other stuff right for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man and woman of God, I'm going to say a man is all-inclusive, of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every, every good work. Not something, not partial, but every good work. See, see, the Word of God lets us know, uh, he lets us know that the will of God is good. 
His will is acceptable. His will is perfect. And ain't nothing can be added to it. So you don't need, you can't add nothing to the will of God. So you can't add nothing to this. You can't add nothing. You can try all you want to. You can come on with your own. You can write your own Bible, but it ain't God's. It says the will, the will of God is the rule, should be the rule of our lives, not the exception. See, we got the thing twisted. See, see, the Word of God is the exception. We go to it when we, 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 when we get to a hard place and we don't know what else to do, or, or, or I'm at my wit's end, or I don't hit rock bottom. Now I'm going to go to the Word of God. No, that should be your everyday life. That should be the rule of your life. The Word of God. The will of God contains all things which tend to our perfection. Basically, you can, you can go to His Word and find out how to walk this life in a perfect way. Hallelujah. Uh, that, 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 why? So that we can be equipped to do the things that God desires for us to do. You can't go out here unequipped saying, I'm working for God. You got to be equipped. But you got to get His Word so you can be equipped. And the thing is, the more you learn and obey His Word, the more you discover His will. See, that's why we walk people walking around saying, I'm trying to find the will of God. Well, if you started His Word and you begin to stay in this, you'll begin to understand the will of God. And you won't be saying that any longer. The more we stay in it, the more we, 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 we focus in it, the more we discover it. Look what Paul says in Romans 12 and 2. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? In the Word of God. It's not taking a break. It's not going and, and, and going to get a massage or, or, or going and laying a, one of them, 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 them pods of water. Oh, it's relaxing. It's good. But that's not where you renew your mind. You don't renew your mind on a yoga mat. You renew your mind in the Word of God. Renewing your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? will of God. So if you're not getting your mind renewed, you can't be walking in His perfect will because you don't know what it is. To prove, to prove is nothing more than discovery. It's about discernment. It's about understanding. When it talks about to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that's about discovering it. See, see, you're not proving it like, I'm going to prove you right or wrong. No, you're trying to understand it. So you find out what his, his, his perfect will is for your life through the discovery that you find as you study the Word of God. The more you study, the more you know. What happens when we do that? When we, we, the more we do that, the more we look like God. The more we begin to look like Him, the more we begin to imitate Him, the more we begin to reflect Him. How we look more holy, the more you study His Word. Because the more you study that Word, it does something to you. It begins to reshape you. It reshapes your thoughts. It reshapes your desires. It helps you understand more about God. And you understand more about Him. The more you know that He's with you, the more you can accomplish for Him. Holiness. Look what it says in 1 Peter 14, 1, 14, and 16. It says, Obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the form of lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you be holy in all your conduct. Because it's written, be holy for I'm holy. See, see, the more you get into his word, the more you look like him, the more you become holy. Ain't nothing wrong being called a holy roller. Call me a holy roller all day long. I'm good. Yes, you, you said I'm holy? Oh, man, I'm going to shout on that one because that means I'm looking like my God. If you calling me unholy and I say I'm a child of God, then that's a problem. You don't look holy. You don't. No. We also become more like him in kindness, tenderness, and forgiveness. See, that means that, that, that now we, we have that compassion. We have forgiveness. We don't walk around holding stuff over people's heads and, oh, I, don't, I can't forgive you. Oh, I'm going to forgive, but I ain't going to forget. That ain't forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says this. It says, and be kind to one another. <laughs> That's just being nice. 
It's nice to be nice, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, not based on anything, just being forgiven, just like God forgives us. And that's what the Scripture says, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. There were, there were no prerequisites to your forgiveness other than saying, God, I, 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 will you forgive me? I, I know that God, who you are, I, I know that you're the Son of God, and I know that you died and you got up, and, and, and because you did, I can get up. See, see, see I heard somebody say one time that the, the highest form of flattery is imitation. See, people like to be like somebody. See, everybody, you know, and when people say something about, you know, you act just like, and if they say the right person, well, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. But if they say you act like somebody else, and it ain't the right person, you're ready to fight. <laughs> but we have to pay attention to how we walk, because it's critical. See, that's what it means, walking in His wisdom. We got to be a, pay attention. So, so, so let's look at what's the contrast. See, because Paul, he, he told us the how. He let us know this is how you walk. You walk circumspectly. But he also said, uh, uh, now I got some contrast. He, he gave us some illustrations, and he, he kind of he hit kind of hard. See, because in verse 15, he said, not as fools. Yeah, I think anybody in here like being called a fool? Anybody online like being called a fool? I, I think that's one of those words when somebody call you a fool, you, whether playing or serious, you don't take that. You, you don't take that too kindly. But Paul is saying, he, tell, he was telling the, 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 the believers in, in Ephesus, he said, don't be a fool. See, I'm saying Paul was talking to the people in Ephesus. See, I want y'all to say, Pastor Charles said, y'all stop being fools. <laughs> but it says, uh -uh, but be wise. Verse 17, he, he said it again. He said, therefore, do not be unwise. Don't be unwise. Then verse, verse 18, he goes on and he talks about, he gives you an example. And, and he, he said, look, don't go out there and be drunk. That's, that's, that's dissipation. He said, but be filled with the Spirit. Of God. Now, I, I, he, he told us several times in this passage, don't be foolish. Don't be unwise, but to be wise. And I always tell you, when something's repeated, you need to pay attention to it. You need to make sure that that's not where you find yourself. You want to be filled with the Spirit, not filled with a Spirit. See, see, it's something about when you have to repeat something. How many got children? See, you know, you find yourself having to repeat to your kids, you know, something over and over again, even the grown ones. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. My son already said, you're always using me and saying something about me. I said, I don't never call your name. <laughs> I said, I ain't never called your name. <laughs> See, it's not that they didn't hear us. They heard you the first time. They heard you. But they didn't, they didn't let it resonate in them. They didn't let it take hold. They didn't grab hold to it. They didn't, they didn't begin to put it into action, so you got to repeat yourself. And I think that's what Paul is saying here. He said, look, Y'all stop being foolish and unwise. And you got to walk circumspectly. You got to watch how you're walking. Because you're supposed to be a light. See, the thing about it is, fools and the unwise, they live very recklessly. See, they avoid of the understanding of God. They don't understand the ways of God. They don't understand God at all. They react on impulse. They, 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 they respond, you know, they, they don't contemplate. My son jokes me all the time. Every time he sees me sometime, he always say, oh, Dad is contemplating. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. I'm contemplating. He be saying it as a joke, but I understand what I'm doing. He'll look at me sometime and be like, Dad, what you doing? I'm contemplating. <laughs> That's right. 
I ain't rushing. Oh, no, God, I want to hear you, and I want to hear you clearly. <laughs> see, they are thrill seekers. See, they, they, see, see, the unwise and the foolish, they're always trying to find the next thrill. And why are they always trying to find the next thrill? Because this stuff don't last. See, 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 that stuff only lasts for a moment. It satisfies only for a moment. Sometimes it ends in destruction. Other times it just, oh man, it just leaves you out there in a bad place. But instead of them going to the wise side, they're oh, gonna find another thrill. That's, that's a fool. That's the fool. That's unwise. See, see, I believe that Paul, Paul, he, 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 that's why he used getting drunk. As, as an example here, in verse 18, he said, don't be drunk with wine. He said, that's dissipation. See, what is he saying? Dissipation is rebellious. It's, ex, it's excessive. It's riotous living. See, most of the time when people get drunk, they get bold. And they get old, you know. They want to fight. They want to. Damn, people don't get drunk and be saying, oh, I'm so nice. How, how are you? No. That's when all the rage, all the anger, all the, all the stuff that they've been holding for a long time, they get bold enough to say it now. I've been wanting to say this all my life. But they can't say it till they're drunk. But that's not what God wants for us. He told us to be filled with what? His Spirit. His Spirit. See, because when we are filled with His Spirit, we don't waste our time chasing thrills. We don't waste our time going from one thing to the other because we know that's going to lead us down the wrong path. See, see, when we are filled with His Spirit, we make godly uh, decisions and choices. See, see, ones that's going to bring God glory. See, when, we're, when, we, when we are doing that, we're, we're, we're being circumspect because we're being careful how we live in our life. We're being careful how we're walking. But why is it so important? I'm almost finished. Why is it so important that we walk in wisdom? And it's real simple. See, we got to walk in this thing called wisdom because uh, uh, we have to redeem the time. See, y'all have to understand something. Uh, 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 how, many, how many of you be so focused sometimes that you lose track of time? You're like, man, time just got away. I don't even know where it went. I know. And the thing about it is when it's gone, you can't get it back. You can't. See, I've lost time. But see, Paul is saying that, 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 that the wise redeem the time. And he's not talking about chronos time. So I taught on this a little while ago. See, what it means, for those who are walking circumspectly, uh, uh, those that are wise, they're not, they're not walking as fools. They, they, they're filled with the Spirit and they're not seeking thrills. You know, uh, uh, they're the ones who are making, every, uh, uh, making use of every God-given opportunity that's before them. So you can't make use of a God-given opportunity when you're walking as a fool or when you're walking unwise. See, because God gives us these moments, these, 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 these God-given opportunities as we walk with Him. See, we understand something when you're walking in that way. You're walking, you understand that you don't have time to waste. And you have no time to lose. <sighs> See, the world is controlled by time. They are controlled by clocks and chronos time. But the thing about it is, this is all temporal. And after a while, it's all going to come to an end. But see, believers, we, we, we're not there. We, we, we're, not, we're not focusing on, on temporal, you know, our, our temporal perspective. See, we're looking at things from, from an eternal perspective. See, and we have to be careful that we don't get blinded by the world's perspective and keep us from being able to fulfill the eternal perspective that God desires for us to understand and walk in. So our perspective is not temporal, but it is eternal. See, in Ephesians 5.16, the word that, 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 that Paul uses here uh, 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 is kairos for time. He's not talking about chronos time. That's why he said, you know, you got to redeem the time. In Colossians 4 and 5, we see it again where it says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, meaning the unbelievers, 
redeeming the time. So you got to walk wise when you're around people that are not saved. You can't try to be like them and think you're going to win them to you, to your way of life. You can't take on their perspective and think that they're going to come over to your side. See, Kairos isn't about minutes. It isn't about seconds. It isn't about days, weeks, months, or years. It's not about wristwatches, and it's not about uh, clocks and specific times of measurement. That's chronos. See, kairos means this. It's an opportune moment, set time, an appointed time, a due season, a definitive time, a proper time for action. See, a long time ago, I taught this thing, and I taught about the difference. See, see, chronos time denotes quantity. See, he's talking about minutes. You add minutes up. 60 seconds equals a minute. And you keep adding the minutes up and it equals an hour. And you keep adding the hours up and they equal a day. And you keep adding the days up and they equal a week. See, that, that, that's chronos. But, but Kairos time is talking about quality of time. See, you can't measure that quality of time. See, but you got to understand that, that it's important for us to redeem the time why? Because the days are evil. Y'all realize the days are evil, right? Okay, y'all good. Y'all answered me on that one. If y'all didn't answer me on that one, I was going to have to stop and have an altar call right now for everybody. <laughs> See, we have to understand that, 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 that the decisions we make in this earthly realm, they affect and have a direct impact on our eternity. See, the way you walk today for God affects you're in. See, because you're going to have to give an account one day for every bit of your time. Every bit of your time. He's going to ask you about it, and you can't put it on nothing and say, ah, I didn't do it because. See, 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 you ever notice that things are going from bad to worse? If that's not enough for you to understand that, that the time that we're living in, let me, let me share a few things here. I'm not going, I'm not going to do the whole thing. In 2 Timothy 3, 1, and 5, 1 through 5, last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, hearty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. We're in the last days. We see it every day. And it's getting worse and worse. But, 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 but from the spiritual perspective, see, that's the way we live. See, we're not looking at this thing from, from that perspective. See, from our perspective, this is our time. It's bad out there. We're not supposed to run in the house and hide. This is our opportunity. See, Brother Kevin told you last week, don't waste your trouble. He told you don't waste your trouble. Make your trouble count for something. See, so that means you're supposed to be saying, oh man, this is my Kairos opportunity. This is my moment. Look what it says in Philippians 2, 14. This is the, the, uh, the, the New English uh, translation. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God. This is how you're living. Without blemish, though you live in a crooked and perverse society, in which you do what? You shine. So you're not blending in with the crookedness and the perversion. You shining like a bright light right in the midst of it. That's our Kairos opportunity. You see, in this last year uh, uh, and a half, we have seen over and over that, that what? That tomorrow is not promised. See, we got to be about the Father's business today because we don't know what tomorrow holds. Jesus is the greatest example of that. Jesus, look, he, he came here on a mission. He let nothing deter him. And a lot of stuff tried. But he even said in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day because nighttime is coming when nobody can work. See, he knew I got to do what I have to do in the time that I'm sent. And in that little short time, 33 years, he turned the world upside down. He redeemed the time. And that, that, that brings me right to the second point. 
See, see, it's important to redeem the time, and I'm almost done, because our days are numbered. Oh, Pastor Charles, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> our days are numbered. See, not one of us knows how much time we have on this earth. Not one of us. Nobody knows. So we have to make every opportunity. We have to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives us. We make our plans, yes. Don't stop planning because you don't know for your future. But God is sovereign. Look what it says in James 4, 13, 14. It says, come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such cities, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make profit. Whereas do you not know what will happen tomorrow? But what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. See, we don't know. Our days are numbered, so we have to maximize these Kairos moments and opportunities because we don't know when we're going to have another opportunity to do just that. See, it's talking about a measured allotment of time. That means that it's a time that is measured. It's an allotment of time that's given to us, each one of us, but we don't know what it is. It's an allotment of time. You've been given a time. Every one of us has been given a time. That's under the sound of my voice. But you don't know what it is. So we can't waste our time on frivolous pursuits. We can't waste our time with cheap thrills because we don't know what time we have remaining. We got to be diligent about doing the work of God. We have to redeem the time. See, see one of the greatest regrets that you can ever have is, is not taking advantage of the time that you've been given. And not doing the things that God has called us to do. See, a Kairos moment of opportunity is something that you will never be able to get back if you let it slip by. You won't get it back. You can't get Kronos time back. The second it just passed, you can't get it back. I don't care how much you want to. You can close your eyes and say, I'm going to do it over. But when you open your eyes, time still moves. It's not going to stop and wait and say, I'm going to let you catch up. Or I'm not going to give you a do-over. See, I remember a time, and I'm almost done. Team, you can come on on the stage. Years ago, I was working for an agency, and I went to a home visit. I shared this a little while ago. And there was a man there that I went in to see. And when I walked in, I saw his wife. And his wife was sick. I was saved. And at that moment, I just felt God compelling me just to stop what I was doing and ask that gentleman, do you mind if I pray for your wife? That was a Kairos moment of opportunity. But what did I do? Well, I'm on my job. He might say no. They might think I'm a holy roller. Everything that I could think of went through my mind. I'm going to do it the next time. You ever, you ever been one of those next times? Amen. I'm going to do it the next time. Well, he was on my caseload, so I knew within a month I was going to see him again. So when I went to his house the next time, walked in and greeted him, sat down. How's your wife? Oh, she died two weeks ago. Kairos opportunity missed. I could not go back and get that. It was nothing I can do. I can't begin to, 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 to explain to you how I felt because I knew God told me to pray. And I didn't. I didn't do that. See, that's what happens to us so often. God gives us an assignment. There's a moment that he gives us and we let other stuff get in the way. We, we let social media get in the way. We, we let uh, Netflix and we let YouTube and CNN and ESPN and Hallmark and all that stuff get in the way. Sometimes we let our grass need cutting. I, I, I got to go and, and, and wash the car. I, I, got, I got things I got to do. 
get in the way when God has given us a moment that you will never be able to get back. See, God has given us something called a choice. See, right in those moments when God gives us those Kairos opportunities, we have to take hold of those things and move in them because we can't get them back. And we don't know. We don't even know if we're going to have the opportunity once again to do that. Come on, stand up on your feet. See, the question today is how are you going to use the opportunities that God has given you? You're going to foolishly squander them? You know, or will you be like the tightrope walker who, who is very careful, purposeful, and diligent as he walks across that rope? Every step counts. Every step I'm watching. Every step I'm making sure I'm stepping in the right way. I, I'm walking circumspectly with great care and attention by your heads. Father, we, 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 we thank you, God, for wisdom. We thank you, God, that, that even when we don't understand, even when we don't know, you told us just to ask you. We can ask you, God. But we know, God, that, 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 that we have to get into your word, understand your word, so that we can really know what your will is. And then once we do, God, we have to walk it out. We thank you, God, that you are a father that loves us and desires for us to walk in your perfect will. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.